So where does this negativism come from and how do we cure it? I've got to do this in 25 minutes. And it comes from a history. I'm not sure where this comes from. A history of negative experiences that we've had from childhood. That's where it's coming from. Look, if a person looks at you and tells you, you can't make it, he's not talking to you. He's talking to himself. He's not talking about you, he's talking about himself. I mean, I was watching a documentary, well, I digress, but because we help. All right, on Barack Obama, somebody had told me something about it. There was a man in America, a black man, and he's known like the godfather of, of all black, everybody, Andrew Young, Obama. He helped them, and people really don't know about him. So they, they did a documentary on him and all of that. And, and, and I mean, the big speech that got Obama out into the consciousness of America was 2004 at the convention when John Kerry was running for president, where he said there's no red America, no red states or blue states, but the United States of America. And they put it on prime time and it blew up. Now, but when they gave him that slot, that slot was not to be televised. They didn't give him prime time. Obama, President Obama put a call to that man and said, listen, they've given me a speaking slot, but it's not on prime time, it's to be televised. He said, give me five minutes. He called inside the campaign of Democratic Party and said, give him, all right, the slot. They put him as the keynote speaker in that convention to show how influential he is. And then he spoke. And that's, as they say, the rest became history. Everything took off. But when he wanted to be president, he went to go and meet the same man and said to him, I want to run. He said, you are crazy. You will never make it. In fact, his daughter, the man's daughter, said to the father, because the Clintons were very close to them, and the Clintons used to come to their house regularly, she said, I need permission to go and support because President Obama wants me to run, wants me to be in his campaign. He said, you can go. He said, I need your permission. You can go. You are going to lose. She said, she looked at the father and said, we will win. You people will lose. When they asked Obama later on, he said their generation went through. They were the first generation outside the issue of slave trade and all of that. So... They, they were still connected to that mindset of being subservient. It is the younger generation that weren't part of all that struggle and all of that that didn't see it. So if people have gone through things where they have been fested with experiences and words that has told them and shown them you cannot be this, and somebody else says, I want to do it, the first thing they're going to say is, be careful. You are crossing the line. Look, if somebody comes up to you and says, I want to buy a car and it's 100 million, and you say, 100 million? Now, it has nothing to do with the money. It's you. What you're simply saying is, what that person is saying is, I have never seen 100 million in my life, and you want to go spend 100 million? It has nothing to do with that. I ask you, or I give somebody here, if, if somebody goes outside there and, and, and 50 naira drops into that, some people, 50 naira, and that's why you have to be careful with what you, how you talk. 50 naira goes into a gutter and the, you, the person starts pulling this and getting injured for 50 naira. You can come there and say to this person, is it 50 naira that you are, you are, want to kill yourself like this? Why is your problem? What's the problem? 50 naira that you are bleeding and all of this. Please go. Take the 50 naira and go. Now, to you, it's not wastage. Somebody else is doing something on 50 million. Somebody else who looks and says, is it 50 million you want to kill yourself on like this? 50 million. You turn around. 50 million. <laughs> Why didn't you say that for 50 naira? It's your size. It has nothing to do with money. 
My friend, I know you will be angry. That's why the debate is not private jets. That's not the debate. The people that are shouting private jets, sell your car, give to the poor. They won't. Ride the bicycle to work. No. Why do I do that? What do I say in this private jet? What about car? If you sell your car, you can help some people too now. Sell the car. So that's not the issue. That same person that is driving this car, promote them, give them money. Well, I think I've got to change my car now. You know, I got it. <laughs> Don't curse yourself, all right? My pastor then, when he was struggling in ministry, he was doing it. He used to drive, he used to call the car Shalaki. He was uh, that so, that you know what I'm saying? If you don't know his name, I can't explain it, but it's Shalaki. The day he bought a Mercedes, he bought it and had to drive it in. He told the person beside him, he said, the feel of this car is different. Don't say what you shouldn't do. You know what God said? He said, look at the lilies. They toil, they toil not, neither they spin. And he says, today they are, tomorrow they are not. And Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed. If God so clothed something that will only last one day, one day, that means God. He says, array, put the next verse, verse 30. That means God is a waster. Put, put the next thing, based on what you're saying. Yet I say unto you, if wherefore if God so clothed grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, and dresses it more expensive than Solomon's garment. He said, what's your problem? Show me anything that God made that is in the hands of God that is not in abundance. Shortage is what men do. Have you ever seen, do you ever told anybody, don't breathe, don't breathe. Air is going to finish, breathe. Don't breathe. Don't breathe. <laughs> Or you get to the ocean, don't take too much water. Now, why are you taking too much water from the sea? Just a bucket. What about the rest of the humanity? Have you ever heard them say? It's when we create tap water that we start telling, or we put water into a tank. God is different from us. So it's full of the negative input. Now, this may be a bit painful because I remember some things in the past, but we will go through it so you know where it's coming out from. All right? Negative input, and, and that's why I'll say this, that's why parenting, family, these things are so powerful. Because it's what you put, if you, if you keep telling a child from, if, you, if all you say to a child, all you say to that child, is about God's image inside that child. And you say the, quote and unquote, the craziest things that that child can accomplish. When that child grows up, that program will play out. So, and that history is full of negative inputs from parents, from siblings, from relationships, from friends, from school, from church, from work, and from other activities. Now, the most powerful quest and desire in the hearts of people, the most powerful desire that people have is a quest for self-dignity. Now, why is that so? Because God created man first in his own image. The first thing God did before he said they will eat, they will wear clothes, the first thing was let us create man in our image. That's why when you tamper with that image with words, you are tampering with the essence of that person. So the feelings of being humiliated is when you attack that image. That's what drives retaliation the most in people. Now, if you don't want to turn friends to enemies, don't humiliate them. If you, if you run a business or you lead a team, 
Don't ever publicly humiliate your staff. Once you start humiliating publicly, right, when the chips are down, they won't lift a finger for you. And raising his man was created in God's image. So they say humiliation is the most underestimated force in human relations. In other words, people relate with people based on certain things and quality. And on this humiliation there is the people don't know how the dynamics of humiliation are going on among people. Man was created in God's image, and words that injure that image are therefore the most deadly. There is no person that is more dangerous than an individual who believes or who has been humiliated by somebody else. Now, the poverty of dignity explains so much of human behavior rather than the poverty of money. People feel that it's the poverty of money that is driving people. It's poverty of dignity. In other words, somebody, you look at somebody and say to that person, um, um, a person is acquiring money and buying a lot of material things on the outside. And, and you ask the person, so why are you driving this? All right. So somebody says that, let's say I want, I want to buy a gold telephone. I say, isn't it the same thing now? Isn't it the same phone call we're making? But his own is pure gold. Like somebody did face mask, $15,000. $15,000 for mask. Okay. So you ask, what's the problem? Is it not this air we're breathing? $15,000 for mask? With diamond studs? Now, what they want is dignity. What they want is to get down from that car in that mask and all eyes turn. It's not the mask. It's the reaction from people. Do you get this? If I drive this car in, the gate man doesn't open the gate. If I come back in another car, the gate man opens. When I come out, I have that essence that that image there is being restored. So even in the world of material things, it is a scramble for that. That's why luxurious items will always sell. Once you make something exclusive, it will sell. Why will it sell? Because people believe that if we reach these things, it will change. If I, if I wear that kind of research, it will change the way people and that. But the truth about the matter is, external things don't change that image. Let me say this here. External things don't change that image. That's why if somebody has a poor image, a poor self-esteem, and you put all the material things, how do we know that? Pharaoh went after the children of Israel. In the book of Exodus, God of time, go there. And he said, Pharaoh said, these people are mightier than us. Let's destroy something in them. And they made them fetchers of water and hewers of wood and put them under slavery for almost 300 years. If Pharaoh that knew not Joseph came. So the point where that image in them was so battered that it wasn't another army that Pharaoh feared will come. God came. God joined forces with them. Yet they weren't delivered. God parted the Red Sea. These people didn't 
they still saw themselves as what? Grasshoppers, slaves. Nobody has seen miracles the way they, listen, manna from heaven, all kinds of things, external things. It didn't touch how they saw themselves. So give people material things on the outside, it doesn't affect the way they see themselves. Now, anybody that causes pain in the life of somebody else is only extending pain that is inside them. You can't give pain if you don't have pain. You can't wound people if you have not been wounded. Is that wound in you? And material things can't heal that wound. So where is it coming from? So we don't just say people are being negative. The negativity therefore comes from starting point as a child. First relationship in your life, parent, and sometimes parents made huge mistakes in the upbringing of their children. Now, there are no perfect parents, and all parents love their children, even if your parent cursed you out. They thought they were doing the right thing. It's not out of hatred. Do you get what I'm saying? Before you go and get angry today, say, now I've seen where my problem is coming. Listen, even they cursed you out, they thought those words will inspire you. They thought they will motivate you. Now, if you don't deal with it, you do exactly the same thing to your children. It's character defects and they made mistakes. Young children are tender, they are vulnerable. They can be deeply wounded with words spoken about the most, by the most significant people in their lives, which are their parents. And many people are carrying wounds from within themselves and the way in which they are spoken to by their parents. That is that wound, is that thing they are struggling with on the inside, all right, from their parents that color every relationship in their life. Now, the most powerful words also that can be spoken in life can be spoken by parents. And when parents acknowledge and affirm the image of God in a child. So the child must hear words of affirmation. If they don't, then they go outside seeking, turning to friends for this. That's why people now go to friends when they don't hear it. That's why they join gangs. That's why friends are, that's why, that's where you find all these teenage pregnancy. Because the parents have not affirmed. Then some silly boy, starts, that's what you call toasting. What's toasting? False recognition is of an image. You are the most beautiful woman. What is looking is his image. He's communicating to that image now. So something is moving in her that has never moved before. That's what's going on. He is saying unrealistic things. What does he know that he's telling her that? I've never seen anybody with your qualities. What does he know? How many people has he seen? And he said that, but those words work. Let me stop there before somebody says, now I've found how to. All right. Then the next set are siblings. And words among siblings, because they are young, can be the most de devastating things. I mean, Cain killed Abel. So sibling rivalry is not, it's not, it's from the beginning. So some of the most damaging emotional relationships are with siblings. Psychologists argue that the most hurtful relationships we have, maybe with our siblings, that's the most hurtful relationship people have had. Many verbal attacks and demeaning names. Then you get to bullies also. 
who damage greatly in school. Many things we see others display. All right, you can't even get to church. I mean, things are changing now, but when back then, I mean, submission is, is almost, was almost abusive relationship. When you say you're submitting to authority. Back then, no, it was actually, now we just see that it was an abusive relationship. And then how much you can take abuse. And, and by doing that, you can, because if you cripple, cripple people, it's easier to lead them. Okay? So sometimes that was used in the way people do things. So how do you overcome this negativity? I have five minutes to say this. I overcome it by God uses very, very strange method, but it works. He took them out of Egypt where they had been battered and then take them to the promised land because if you throw them in the promised land, you don't change their image. He put them in the wilderness in the midst of adversity and said, let's repair this image in crisis. So what God does is he exposes you to adversity and he allows some negative person giving negative person in your life that talks crap. And sometimes he will make it because he knows you've heard preachers say, whoever doesn't celebrate you walk away, that relationship you can't walk. And they don't celebrate you. Because you are in the office with them. They don't celebrate you. Where are you walking to? People are telling you around, there's no job, so you better sit where you are. <laughs> are you following saying yeah? And the person is there. And even if so, you're going, God tells you, I want to do something in you. Because God's purpose is not, his real purpose is not just to bless you on the outside. It's that you get conformed to the image of Jesus. Romans 8, 28, all things work together for a good according to his purpose. What's the purpose? That you may be what? Conformed. Romans 8, 28, quickly. That you may be conformed there to the image. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. And then it goes on. What's the purpose? Verse 29. For whom he did foreknow, he did predestinate to be what? Conformed to the what? Image. So it's about that image going back on the inside of you. So he wants to form that. That's why Paul, when he prayed, let this thing depart, God said, my grace is sufficient. This is not about just putting you in. He says, your weaknesses shall be made perfected, or my strength will perfect, which means I will change. I will go into all the weak and broken places inside your heart during this time here and change everything. Now, now let me tell you this. This is why depending on a man of God is dangerous. I know we don't hear this now. You know why? Because if you ask the man of God to do all the prayer for you, and you get the acts of God without knowing his ways, you don't change. So when they were in the wilderness, instead of learning how to do it, they depended on Moses. Moses did everything, they didn't change. So it is not a man of God that will solve your marital problem. You will learn how to solve it. You read your way out. You grow within. There's no magical, and that's why people become silly. When I say, I, mean, I said the nicest word to use. Because you have a problem that's coming, and somebody says, just bring the shoes or bring this of the person who anoint the person, your problem will solve. How, 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 how do you solve that problem? And then you give 500,000 as offering for the shoe to be anointed, and they carry your money, and you go back and 
And then you get into that cycle. Instead of growing and developing from within. Learning how to turn away anger with soft answer. Growing on the inside. So God places you there. And says now it's time. Because if you come out of this and you solve this problem. You'll feel better about yourself. Your image as more than a conqueror starts getting restored. You know you can dominate things. You know you can solve problems. You know you can handle stuff. You know that you've come out of it. You know that you can. You, 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 can, you can resolve crisis. You know. And so he brings you and says, now I'm going to teach you. And then he begins to, and he shows you that, listen, don't use negative, don't talk this way, and don't do this. The negative people he puts inside you, he wants to drive out all forms of hurt and pain and negativity in you by asking you to love your enemy. Asking you to bless those that curse you. Asking you to do that so that everything in you first, all the hurt, won't, in fact, you get healed first. By that obedience to God in that. And let me tell you that, do that for the nastiest person you know. Next time you meet with a person and they say terrible things to you, it won't affect you because you have exercised yourself beyond that. You've carried 50 kg, what is 10 kg? Do you get what I'm saying? But if you run away from the situation, if you run away from challenges, if you run away, you're hiding, then you're never going to correct that thing. Let me tell you this. Anybody who has built anything from scratch and seen people laugh at people who are trying to build things, they don't talk because they've been there. They would never tell somebody you cannot do it. You know why? Because they too have faced things where people said you cannot do and they know that they too at one point thought they could not. Until certain things, they will just tell you, just keep your mouth shut. So that's why people that do, have they done anything in their life? Because whoever has done things will be quiet about certain things. So when you get, if you have any situation in your life now, the first thing is not just is not just getting out. The first thing here is, is and, and, and I'll pick up from this next because the next series for next is the, the adversity is your harvest. What you call adversity is actually your harvest. What you are calling trouble is actually the, it is the harvest. In the midst of that adversity, that's the harvest there. That's the, that's the result has come. That's why once you understand that, if a business runs into trouble and other people are saying, oh, they're in trouble, they're in trouble, you don't understand. They are on the verge of a new breakthrough. Once people don't have that negativity stuff in them, which means others say there's a casting down, what they say is there's a lifting up. And there's a method to it. All right? And once, that's why in God, once you get into those kind of situations, that's all. So exercise yourself, find out. Now, let me tell you this, you will have to exercise yourself. 
Nobody's going to pray you out. You will exercise yourself. You will develop. You will grow. But you will come out with what nobody can give you, which is your self-esteem will be high up. You will know you can win. You will, you will talk confidently. You will know you can solve things. And people, people, let me tell you this. When you overcome things in life, you're not being arrogant. You're actually confident. And when you speak that way, people know when they meet a confident person. I mean, I spoke with a leading minister of God in this country. I asked him to do two things he felt I should do. And I, at the end, I told him, I said, sir, you will give me permission not to do the first. The second I will do, but the permission not to do is first. And the reason is this. And I explained everything myself confidently and quietly to him until he saw what I was saying. That this is the position, this is this. Let me show you some documentation. He looked at it. And he understood where I was coming from. But I wasn't rude. I said, sir, you will have to give me permission not to do it. Based on this. And I brought out what I was saying. And I knew it was a generational thing. That your generation sees it this way. This generation, this is the way they see it. But that comes from overcoming issues in your own private life. Fighting battles, winning those battles. Or else, what's going to happen is that image will not be solved. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. And by the power of your spirit, I ask that you establish us in this truth. Expand it within our consciousness in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. To listen to the full message or any other message, please visit our website at www.insightsforliving.org. For any inquiries, please call 0818 600 0082. God bless you.